Hello, and welcome back to Planning with Wellness. It's your host, Jose Villanueva, and I'm excited to be back. I did promise you that I would start making these episodes a lot more frequently, so I'm trying to stick to the plan here. It's part of my wellness plan, and um, not procrastinating and just making sure I stay on top of things. Um, So I want to go right into what we're going to talk about today. We're looking at post-pandemic. What does our mental health look like today? I've been getting a lot of requests about, like I mentioned in our last post, I've been getting a lot of mentions about doing another segment on mental health. And I did mention that I did want to speak about dealing with stress and and re-entry back into the community and into like a new normal. Um, Because I feel like what we're looking at today is the, the aftermath, the ripple effect of what post-pandemic life looks like after such a traumatic episode. And while I had promised that I wouldn't keep my conversation on post-pandemic or the pandemic in itself, the crisis that we all had to just go through uh, it all together as one around the world, I continue to hear requests and mentions about another segment on on anything remotely that has to do with our mental health. So I did decide to do some research on this and read some articles and speak to some folks to get insight on what this looks like for any one of us. Because I I can say for myself that even as I adjust to a new normal, whatever that means for me in my life today, it, 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 it is a little unsettling, it's uncomfortable. Change is always never an easy thing. It's not always a comfortable thing. For some, it can be. For others, it it can build anxiety of the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen next. As humans, we are creatures of habit. So when we are trying new things that are out of our norm, that are out of our comfort zone, that can build some stress, that can build some anxiety. And I know that I've been experiencing that lately as I adjust to my new normal, going from a nine to five and and having worked in an area of expertise that <clears throat> I had to provide counseling, therapy. I, I had to readjust that based on how the pandemic impacted me personally as an individual, what I had to experience with losses, um, the grieving process that even up to today, I'm still going through, but not as severe as I was in the very beginning in the onset of losing family and friends due to the pandemic and and the COVID infections and and then them passing away, having lost a job, having lost a lot of different things. And like most folks around the world, it was very devastating. And so, when adjusting to this new normal, um, I, I built a lot of anxiety around it. And so I can identify with with the comments that I've been reading and, and, and getting based off of uh, what, what does a post-pandemic reality look like? How do I even begin adjusting? How do I learn to adjust, right? So I read an article um, on self.com. So if you go to www.self.com, there was an article written by Anushree Dave. She is a science tech writer. She's based out of New York City. 
The article was uh, Reentry Anxiety, Seven Ways to Deal with Stress uh, Post-Pandemic, about post-pandemic life. And the first thing she spoke about was focusing on what's in our control, right? Focus on what's in your control. We just finished speaking about that. <laughs> it's not the unknown. It's, 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 it's the fear around that. But if we stay in the moment, I know that for me, being able to know that what I have complete control over right now is what I am doing right now. Right now, I am actually speaking to all of you, my audience, and I am sharing my knowledge and my experiences with all of you um, and also providing you with what you've asked me to give back. I have control of that right now. What I don't have control over is what happened in my past and what I just shared with you about my losses and the grieving process that I've gone through over the last couple of years. I also don't have complete control over my future. What I do have is the ability and the the ability to control what I am doing today to support that my future can at the very least go in a more positive direction to the best of my ability today. Because even in the future, we don't know what life holds, right? So I thought that that was a very um, important point for her to make in the article as the introduction to the seven points that she wanted to introduce. The second point she made was make a bucket list of the things you're excited to do again. So yeah, we had to shelter in, in, in place around the world. The world government basically told all of us we cannot leave our homes. We cannot leave from where we're at. And if we do, we have to mask up and wear all of this safety gear to at least be able to shop for our basic necessities in life, which is food, water, and, 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 and cleaning supplies for the house and toiletries for ourselves. Those are basic needs. And if you didn't necessarily feel comfortable they gave permission and allowed uh, what they called um, essential workers to be able to work at the stores, deliver, and then they put all these safety protocols in place for them to just leave. You pay for it online and then they just leave the food or whatever it is that you ordered either in your front door on your front porch, depending on where you live at in the world. If you have you live in an apartment building, they're going to leave it at your door. If you work If you live on, in a house, they'll probably leave it on your porch or at your steps. But in any event, we stopped doing a lot of the things that we loved. We stopped engaging in activities that we enjoyed becoming involved in and also that supported our wellness. Folks had to begin working out at home which is not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes the motivation comes from being around others who are doing the same thing, exercising. And especially if you're in a gym where there's no judgment. If people have different thoughts and feelings about going to a gym, but for the most part, I think in recent years, because of the direction that just society has been moving in, even pre-pandemic, people were just becoming a little less judgmental in the workout process and and, the, and and really seeing the importance of just even exercising so you saw a lot of you saw a lot more support around people supporting one another in a gym setting but 
even going to the outdoors, bike riding, roller skating, walk, even just walking up and down the block or around the corner, just things that traveling was a big one. Traveling was a huge one. And I think there was a lot of controversy around that. Folks were traveling during the pandemic because, and in my opinion, it was greed. Uh, you know, airlines trying to capitalize on the situation to the best of their ability so that they don't go out of business and were basically giving out flights for 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 dirt cheap for for prices we've never seen either in our lifetime or hadn't seen in decades right so that was one other interesting topic um and point of view that I thought was great for her to introduce because what we don't want to begin doing is that in the process of us establishing a new normalcy for ourselves that we forget to continue engaging in things that we used to love doing and still do just had to stop for a while, right? So being able to focus on those two points, staying in control of what you can stay in control of and focus on that, and then creating that bucket list um, of the things that you're excited to do again or want to begin exploring in a new way or just engage in again, right? But staying focused and knowing that you can stay in control in that moment is the most single most important uh, aspect of those two points. The third point she brought out was accept whatever you're feeling. For me, that's been really tough. That's where I think a lot of my anxieties have really been coming from. Me not understanding the feeling or even maybe uh, reading more into the feeling and not understanding necessarily how it applies in my immediate situation or circumstance, I felt like that particular statement uh, that she made about accepting whatever you're feeling, it was a it was a great point to make and something to really encourage others to do. But it's easier said than done. And I don't necessarily want anyone here to think that because these are seven ways to deal with stress about life post-pandemic because someone wrote that in their expressing their knowledge and expertise in that area. I don't necessarily want anyone to believe that it's that easy. I know that for me, having dealt with grief and loss over the last couple of years has been quite the emotional roller coaster ride. And I'm sure that many of you out there can identify with that. That has been very real for me. It has left me many times emotionally exhausted. And the thing about that is that it was hard for me to uh, understand the emotion or the feelings, let alone accept them, right? Because they, at times for me, they they were happen, happening simultaneously. And we're going to do a segment on, on the emotional roller coaster right post-pandemic because many of us did, we, we, we a lot of us are either still grieving for the loss and grief of loved ones and, and, and other losses that we've we experienced in life during the pandemic, but just the emotional roller coaster right that comes with that, or those of you who have been able to work through it a lot better than some of us, uh, just understanding that emotional roller coaster ride and just knowing that it doesn't go away that quickly either. Grief and loss, the emotional roller coaster ride that is associated with 
with that can last for months, for weeks, for months, and even years. And I encourage anyone uh, who is currently either dealing with grief and loss still, or is involved in any type of relationship with someone who is still currently experiencing grief and loss, uh, even if it's for something that occurred uh, pre-pandemic or during the actual pandemic, and we're looking at the effects of it now, I just encourage anyone to be patient with yourself and be patient with the other individual. It's even harder when it can also be that there are two individuals experiencing grief and loss, right? So for my couples out there, for, for, for those of you out there who are living in a family unit where there are parents and children or maybe other family members that are living with you, um, take the time to step back and just understand that a level of patience is required um, as hard as that sounds because you yourself may have to be dealing with your own emotional roller coaster and not necessarily know how to demonstrate that particular emotion. <clears throat> but to the best of your ability, just at the very least understand the situation because of these different emotions. And sometimes they hit you all at once and they're hard to understand, let alone accept any one of them that they're happening. Try to understand that there are associated behaviors that come with these emotions, which is why you'll see erratic behaviors, behaviors out of the norm of someone that you've known for years that didn't necessarily behave in any type of way, all of a sudden begin behaving in a way that is so erratic that sometimes brings to question the relationship itself. After all these years, now all of a sudden you're behaving this way or you're you're speaking to me this way or you're treating me this way or I'm treating you this way, I'm speaking to you this way because that door swings both ways, right? So I don't want anyone here to feel, you know, victimized. Like, you know, because we, we can do that very easily. We can, we can victimize ourselves and be like, oh my God, they're attacking me. Sometimes ownership is involved in there, right? But as real as I can be with any one of you, I know that I've been experiencing that. I know that my husband has been experiencing it and recently just lost someone very dear and close to him and he's experiencing grief and loss. Um, And we all experience it very differently. But to the very least, I'd like to encourage each and every one of you to just understand what it means to be patient and try to understand that whatever behaviors are being demonstrated, whatever situations have occurred as a result of the multitude of emotions, that's exactly what you're seeing. You're just seeing the the, the, the the behavioral effect of the emotions that any one of us have just experienced and may not even understand that they're happening at the same time. Um, so we're trying to make sense of that. But when we can get to an even leveled, more a more leveled plane of understanding with ourselves. We can then begin learning what it means to try and accept. And that's my version. Um, Anushri Dave, she was very specific, like in her steps, in her seven steps. And her third was to accept whatever you're feeling. And while that is great for me, I just felt that that's, that's easier said than done. So just keep that in mind. 
But she goes on in her fourth step to state that, you know, we should reintroduce activities slowly. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're just talking about in terms of the acceptance of the feeling, right? It's easy, does it? It's it's literally what I found for me that has been working in being able to work through any one emotion that I'm going through, through my grief and loss, through just the trauma of the pandemic, um, is being able to just one thing at a time, one day at a time. It's helped me get to a place where I started out with my with, with establishing my business, which is planningwithwellness.org. Um, and if you didn't hear that the last time on my episode, um, I just recently built my website, but it took some time. I did that in the earlier part of the pandemic when we were all stationed at home, you know, shelter in place. And I needed to do something very positive to keep me um, distracted from what the media kept feeding us about the continued deaths and the continued infections and, you know, countries like Italy losing like villages of people daily, you know, hundreds and thousands of people. That that was just nerve wracking. Um, the fear of just even opening up the window in the house for fresh air that, you, you know, we're in, we're in our own heads and I was thinking the virus is airborne so it can fly in. And I needed something to distract myself. And so I established planning with wellness. And little by little, day by day, it didn't happen overnight. But two years, two and a half years later, um, here I am. I started out with establishing it, did the necessary steps to continue educating myself, never let any of my licensures or anything fall apart, stood on top of those things, kept working on myself, kept working on my relationship all the while, and making sure that we were well, that I was well, and that my husband was well, making sure my mom was well, right, because she lost as well. And we live in two different demographics of New York State. So I'm based in New York State in America. For, the, for, for my, my audience abroad. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it, it was me just introducing things slowly, getting back into the workout, getting back into daily routines or creating new routines for myself, right? That takes time. It takes patience. It takes a level of understanding to understand that that's what you're doing and then just kind of focus what's in my control so that I'm able to include those things in my bucket list. So you see how steps one, two, three, and four are kind of tying in with each other. And she goes on to say in step five, like stay informed, but disconnect when you need to, right? It's kind of like just mentioned right now about like keeping myself educated on the new arena that I'm exploring, which is wellness. And while it's not necessarily a new arena, because I, for those of you who've been listening to my podcast and, and have heard my other episodes, you know, um, by trade, I guess my, my background, you know, I come from a clinical background. So I provided a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapy, substance use and mental health counseling and therapy, um, psychodynamic group sessions, individual sessions, family workshops. But what I do today is not very different. Just it doesn't have the clinical overtone. Um, and it comes from a more realistic place where people can actually have control of the changes, the goals that they want to set for themselves, right? It's the lifestyle changes. It's the healthy living coaching that we need to stay on top of things. It's being able to work through crisis, 
understanding what it means to be in a cohabitating relationship, whether you're just living together or it's a serious relationship uh, with, you know, couples and, or if you have a family, if you're married and you have children, you know, if there are other family members, I do a lot of work with individuals to meet those functional areas in their life where they'd like to make those changes and not necessarily uh, have to diagnose anyone or evaluate and assess anyone because we can all do that for ourselves. We know what's going on in our lives right now. We know where we want to go. Just sometimes we need that motivation. Sometimes we need that guidance. And we don't need a doctor always to tell us how to do it, right? So I thought that that was great for us, for her to say that, you know, staying informed. Because the best decisions that are made are well-informed decisions, right? And we want to make sure that we're always making those. In her sixth step, she spoke about accept that your life may have changed quite a bit during the pandemic. And I think... That's what we've been speaking about. It's it's the differences that have occurred in our lives. It's how do we adjust to all these new changes, the societal norms that have that have been imposed on us now. And as a result of them, you know, there have been additional changes that we've had to go through in our lives. On top of whatever changes have occurred as a result of the pandemic, with the losses, losses of homes, jobs, family, friends, communities, people lost. People lost. People lost their health. People got people got infected with the COVID virus, and and now have long term effects from it. There were survivors from the pandemic, from uh, from COVID infections, where people were in the hospitals on respirators, and to now, you know, a couple of years later, are just now medically and physically getting back on their feet. I worked in a hospital very shortly as a patient care associate um, because I wanted to give back. And so for a very short while, about maybe three or four months, I would do an overnight shift to help the hospitals out because we're really low on healthcare workers. And that's that's a topic for another discussion and episode. But healthcare workers, as you all may know, we are limited now. And so I wanted to give back and contribute and, you know, get, get into a place where I'm giving back and you know, I met a few patients where, and this was just last year, there are patients in there, there were patients in there where they now have physical disabilities. There was one young man that I was assigned to for the for the, for the night, and he was 21 years old, and he um, was paralyzed. Um, so having to, you know, get kind of intimate with him because I have to clean him and, you know, change him and stuff. And so we began talking so I can distract him. And, um, and I asked him, you know, what happened? And he explained to me, I got sick with COVID during the pandemic and um, it paralyzed me. And then when I got, it didn't paralyze him immediately. And then when he was given the vaccine, um, he became paralyzed. So there are a lot of controversial conversations going on behind the vaccinations, which I don't want to engage because I have my own feelings and thoughts about them. And I'm sure all of you do too. But it's just knowing these things, right? The changes that have occurred in our lives as a result of it. So being able to accept that, right? And then her final thought on all of this was to reach out for help if you need to. And I think that was the selling point for me in the article because I think a lot of times in our own mania, we get into a place where we won't accept the help. We won't look for the help because we think we can still rely on ourselves to take care of things for ourselves. 
A lot of times, too, pride gets in the way, arrogance gets in the way. We don't necessarily know what any one of our individual past life traumas and experiences have led to us not trusting people so easily. So those are all things to take into consideration when you need to consider whether or not it's there's a point in time in your life that you need to reach out for help. One of the things that I encourage my my uh, my client base uh, who are currently involved on my website, receiving services through us uh, at planningwithwellness.org. That's www.planningwithwellness.org. And I don't want to sound like I'm selling it to you. I kind of am, but I don't want it to sound that way. But I'm also encouraging, whether it's with us, with me, um, or with anyone else, if you feel like you're so overwhelmed with the emotions, with with the post-pandemic anxieties and, and learning how to you know do a re-entry into the community and into a, a new normal and, and establish ways in which you can revisit activities that you loved to do and, and, and struggle with focusing on how to stay in control with the here and now and and, and, and being able to accept the emotional roller coaster ride that you're going through um, and not being able to concentrate. You know, because confusion comes with all of this, right? So it's hard to stay focused on um, and informed, you know, and knowing when to disconnect if you're confused about it. It's in those moments when it's okay to say, hey, you know what? Let me go on the website. Go to planningwithwellness.org. But there's so many other coaches, so many other wellness coaches, so many. And it's for those of you who feel like it's a little more serious and it's a, it's a lot more uh, critical that you get professional help because while I've taken a different path in my career I'm still always encouraging people to seek the appropriate help and if you don't know the appropriate help it's okay to reach out to any one of us wellness coaches lifestyle coaches psychiatrists counselors therapists that will guide you to get to the right place that's appropriate for you right so in having said all of this I want to say that the pandemic really has highlighted the urgency in us being able to determine, you know, whether we're whether or not we are the type of individuals post-pandemic that are um, resilient enough to get through some of the life challenges that come at us. Or are we some of the other individuals in life post-pandemic that have struggled through some of these challenges and haven't been so successful in remaining resilient um, to to rise to the challenge and and, and being able to accept uh, a new norm, a new change in our life and, and being able to at least confront it to, to begin exploring ways in which we can begin changing it. So I do want to leave you with a really good question. Um, and I think what I'll do is I'll post a Q&A um, with the question. And then, you know, perhaps I can hear some comments from some of you. Um, an- another article I read was psych- from the psychologytoday.com by Dr. Richard Davis. Uh, his article was a post-pandemic view of mental health. And he raised a really good question. He says, why are some people more resilient to life's slings and arrows than others? And what happens when the slings and arrows keep coming and feel all-encompassing or overwhelming? So I want to leave you with those two questions. Um, 
mull them over, think them over, see how they apply to you. You know, I'd love to hear what your comments are. I'd love to hear what your reactions are. I'd love the feedback. It will support me in being able to introduce more episodes on what reality looks like for us today. I have some new guests coming. Um, I'm going to meet with one of our guests that I'm going to record an episode with this week. And I'm excited for you all to hear her. Um, I won't do a spoiler alert. I won't give you her name or what her or what it is that she does. But she's awesome. She's one of my really good friends. And she's very insightful. Um, and in particular, uh, she has a very clear opinion on uh, culture mental health, post-pandemics, realities, and what they look like for each and every one of us, um, and the cultural differences that are associated with that. I know that one of my episodes when I did culture and the impact that has on us in our wellness, that was a huge hit also. So we're going to get back to some of the stuff that you guys have been asking me to start providing episodes for. I want to thank each and every one of you for supporting me in this. I know I haven't been regular. I'm trying. Again, that's part of my wellness. But I do want to say, stay well, stay connected. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And remember, there's always room for change. There's always time for change. It's never too late, right? As long as we are waking up each and every day and taking our first breath, there's room for change. I'm your host, Jose Villanueva. Thank you once again for joining me here at Planning with Wellness. Uh, And for more information on what we do here, uh, don't forget to visit planningwithwellness.org. That's planningwithwellness.org. Thanks again. Hope to hear from all of you with the responses for those questions. And I will see you next week. You have a great evening. Bye.